This is Bigger Pockets Daily, expert advice for real estate investors. If you like what you hear, check out biggerpockets.com. I think you'll find a warm, welcoming community, a wealth of data to help you make the best decisions, and calculators to help you analyze deals. We make the blog articles available on this show so you can absorb the information while you're organizing the garage or remodeling your bathroom on this Saturday. Okay, almost time for the show. We'll get right into it after this quick break. This show is sponsored by Airbnb. Did you know that a long time ago, before I ever started my real estate business, I turned one of my first primary residences into an Airbnb? And that's the extra income that I needed from Airbnb that gave me the confidence to go out and work for myself and eventually quit my 9-to-5 job. And now I have dozens of Airbnbs all over the country. I've even partnered up with the old David Green on a recent property in Scottsdale to take our portfolio to the next level. And of course, we host it on Airbnb. But you don't need to be a full-time real estate investor to start on Airbnb. As a matter of fact, I was self-managing 10 properties while working my 9-to-5 job, so I know anybody can do it. Think about it this way. You're looking for extra income and going on a vacation. Wouldn't it be great to rent out your space and let your property pay for itself while you're gone? I did this one time. I pitched my wife and my roommate because we were house hacking on the idea of renting out our home, and it paid for all of our expenses on a trip to Mexico City. So go and give it a try. It might just change your life just like it did mine. And I really do mean that. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host. You're trying to close on your next rental, so why is your insurance company dragging its feet? With long lead times and never-ending paper forms, it's no wonder it takes forever to finally get a policy. Modern investors deserve better. They deserve Steadily.com. At Steadily.com, you'll get fast, affordable landlord insurance available online 24-7 in just a few clicks. You can even get next-day coverage, which takes just minutes, by the way, to obtain. And you can do it all from your phone. Steadily was founded by landlords who created insurance products tailored to the unique needs of this industry. It's their sole focus, and that's why landlords nationwide consistently rate them 4.8 out of 5 stars. So whether you've got a single-family, short-term, or multifamily portfolio, Steadily.com can secure the best coverage at the best price to protect your properties. Discover how Steadily can save you both time and money on your rental property insurance. Visit Steadily.com for a commitment-free quote tailored to your needs today. Is the housing boom just getting started? By Phil McAllister. I know what you're thinking. Is this guy serious? Come on, McAllister, have you seen the Schiller Index? Have you heard about the insane bidding wars? Have you looked at the underlying shakiness in the economy? Have you considered what happens when enhanced unemployment benefits go away and lenders and landlords can pursue delinquencies? My answer is yes to all of the above. And I still think housing markets may continue to grow in the coming months, and that strength may continue for years. Before we get into the details, a brief reminder on critical thinking and generating an investment thesis. We don't take one thought, one idea, one data point, and leverage our entire future on it. We think on the margin. We think in terms of probabilities. Anyone who makes a call and claims they know exactly how the future will play out is more interested in fame, likes, or clicks than they are in being a good investor. If you ever read up on great investors like Ray Dalio, Howard Marks, Drunken Miller, and on down the line, one commonality you'll see is that they forecast, but they don't assume they're always right and go all in on one outcome. They understand thinking in terms of probabilities and adjusting mid-course. 
What factors are in play today that might impact the future, and what potential outcomes carry what probabilities of occurring? To be clear, I think the economy is in trouble long-term. We have a serious debt problem and some ugly demographic issues that point to weak GDP growth and productivity relative to our history. I also think inflation, though currently transitory, has a chance to become a serious problem. Let's focus specifically on single-family or one-to-four family townhome duplex housing. Some important factors at play here may allow for further price increases before the party ends. Housing demographics. The biggest component is demographics. According to UN population data, in 2020, the largest age group in the U.S. was 25 to 29 years old. The next largest, 30 to 34-year-olds, then 20 to 24. Guess what the average age of a first-time homebuyer is? 34 years old. So what we've got is, the three largest age groups in the country all teed up to hit prime first-time home-buying age. Here's the thing about being alive. It doesn't stay that way forever. People are less price-sensitive when it comes to making certain purchases, like houses. You don't wait around forever to find a deal. You hold your nose, borrow the money, and buy the house because your life is happening now. Kids are coming, careers are evolving, and homes are needed. New federal policies. What else is happening on the demand side? How about a $15,000 first-time homebuyer credit? It's not a done deal yet, but it's easy to see something like this getting through to law. Some form of student loan forgiveness or cancellation is also on the table. Lastly, low interest rates are absolutely vital to the continued strong appreciation in home prices. Currently, there is no end in sight regarding Federal Reserve policy on low interest rates. Even with inflation picking up temporarily, it is unlikely the Fed will allow rates to rise meaningfully higher. They know it will end the party and turn everyone, including the government, insolvent. You put all these demand factors together, and millennials will be plunking down cash for new homes faster than my little sister when Justin Timberlake tickets go on sale. Housing Supply We also need to look at the supply picture to better understand where housing may be going. In terms of existing homes, I don't see a massive wave of supply arriving. The main places of supply wave of existing homes could come from would-be economic distress or downsizing baby boomers. Over the longer term, some economic weakness is on the horizon. I do not think, however, that the market is anywhere near what it looked like in 2006. Borrowers are more creditworthy and less over-leveraged. No one can know for sure, but I think the demographic and government support on the demand side will outweigh any pressure here even with the eviction moratoriums burning off. Some boomers will absolutely downsize, and houses will hit the market. However, there are more millennials buying than there are boomers selling. Also, aging in place is becoming more common, where the elderly bring services to them instead of the other way around. Grandparents also like to keep their homes to have a gathering place for their kids and grandkids. In some circumstances, they may continue to own their homes to house their kids and grandkids. That leaves new construction supply as the main option. I think we will see single-family and four-rent horizontal rental complex supply continually increase. However, rising construction costs and difficulty acquiring and developing land due to high prices, labor shortages, and zoning boards 
will limit the ability of the supply to meet the demand in the short term. Let's take a gander at single-family housing starts. Since the bust, they've lagged considerably below historical averages. Single-family starts lagged significantly below the historical average at around 1 million starts per month up until 2020, where we got back to that level despite significantly higher populations now. This tells me that the supply will still need to catch up for a while before prices moderate. Home prices are skyrocketing, with the March Case-Shiller Index showing more than 13% price appreciation in the March year-over-year number. We last saw this level of growth as the last housing bubble was peaking between 2004 and 2006. Do I think this will unwind over the long term? Yes. Do I think it will be a crash? Not necessarily. It could be a slow deflation. Will prices continue to appreciate? Even though housing prices seem insanely high, they are, and it feels like they should be much lower, they should, there is a strong case to be made that there is still a lot of runway due to the demographics, constrained supply, and government interventions into the housing market. This doesn't mean prices will continue this pace of appreciation. It also doesn't mean that there won't be cycles where prices moderate for a while and or that you can close your eyes and buy anything and expect to make money. On the margin and in general terms, apartment outperformance may be sunsetting, and single-family horizontal rental complexes may step into the limelight. Some newer developments offer a pretty cool blend of single-family units with high-end apartment-like amenities, including pools, gyms, fitness centers, and dog parks. You're going to start hearing the term horizontal development more and more. Self-storage may also benefit here. Household formation tends to drive storage demand, as no one wants to get rid of their stuff when they move in with their partner or downsize. Happy hunting out there! All right, that's it for this show. But remember, we have a whole library of episodes with timeless information about how to grow your real estate portfolio so you can enjoy the life you were meant to live. Just tap all episodes in your podcast app or scroll back in the feed to check out an older but still evergreen show. Otherwise, dear listener, until tomorrow. <laughs>